2036 is if Moon was bad. Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the excellent, excellent film, <laughs> 2036 Origin Unknown. <laughs> Before we get going, let's just go around the table because the uh, cast is so different week to week. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and say who's here. Jason. Ben Young. Andrew's back. I'm Bill Jarvis. Okay. And I'm your host. Uh, Star Starward Holtz. Post. Good Post. enough. All right. Um, Starworthy. So, yeah. So, today we're talking about 2036 Origin Unknown. Uh, this was a film written and directed by Hasraf Dalul, also known as Has. Has is what I uh, yeah. saw, yeah. Uh, so, we didn't have to look that up. So, to briefly talk about him, and honestly, this movie makes a lot more sense once I actually look this up, but he is a uh, visual effects guy. Um, he's worked on quite a few projects. In, in visual effects. Uh, on name, this, in visual effects. Yeah, to, to name a few of those, uh, Prince yeah, of Persia, yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, The Dark Knight, 10,000 BC, that awesome movie. With uh, Michael Sarah and Jack Black? Yes, that's, no, no, that's your one. That's the different one. Uh, by the way, the main, Let's guys, roll with it. Did you know this? The main actor <laughs> in 10,000 BC is the guy that plays Holden in The Expanse? Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Strait had a really rocky career up until the Expanse. Like his his last good thing before Expanse was Sky High, and like he'll never be able to top that. But okay. just goes to show the gap of like his quality of work. Yeah, so he basically got started in, in two thousand three working in films. Uh, towards the last couple of years, uh, he's been writing and directing his own things, usually shorts. I don't know. If this is I think his this second feature-length film. Yeah, it was 90 minutes, but that's a feature-length film there, so... Short by today's standards. Yeah, so... Two 270-minute uh, movies coming out. No, it was just normal. Everything else is long nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too uh, long. Ben, do you want to give us a quick breakdown of this movie? I, you expect I, it now, right? Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just full disclosure to the audience. I literally just watched this. I got, it. I watched it. I finished. I got in my car and I came here, and I, I need to read a synopsis because I don't know what it was actually about. Um, I don't think you're alone. After a failed mission to Mars, AI Artie is now used for the 2036 mission with a few human supervisors. Two, a monolith of unknown origin is found there. It will have a big effect on Earth. <laughs> That's the synopsis. We got. It will have <laughs> a big oh, effect. <laughs> That's the synopsis. That's the what I Where did you read that? <laughs> IMDb. Okay. That's from the producer. Here's the thing, though. That was a synopsis wrote, written by the damn producer of the thing. He didn't even know what it was about. <laughs> the if producer you... was Hasraft alone. No, they had like ten executive producers. If you're if you're like late to work like ten times in a row and then you get a flat tire and are late again, that's a big effect on something. <laughs> a, a monolith from Mars coming to Earth is a little bit bigger than a big effect on Earth. And can I just say, before we even get Let's... into the discussion, how 
cool was everyone with the fact that they found a monolith on Mars that then teleported well, to Antarctica? So They're just like, oh, hey. Right. That happened. Why did it happen? So we're going to get, get into that as, as we dive into the plot here. Uh, break it down, as it were. Um, <laughs> who wants to start? <laughs> Do you have, like, talking points for us? Because otherwise I don't even know where There's to start with this thing. I, I will start. Okay. So I'm going to try to be positive first. So at least be neutral, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. So going into the the film, I know we kind of had some discussion behind the scenes when we were deciding what we wanted to do next, and we were talking about uh, you know this potentially maybe being like a uh, a bit of a I don't know uh, what do we want to say like some way that maybe Katie Sackoff could like reclaim you know the goodwill after the previous series yeah that uh, i wasn't a part of that yeah, cast but trying to redeem redeem that's the word i'm so like a redemption you know almost so i didn't really know anything about the film going into it so i was truly kind of hoping it would be a good 90 minutes and um i think i have to be honest like the first four minutes, <laughs> the first three or four minutes, I, I, I was I was just cringing because when when there was never <laughs> there was never any type of like cockpit shot. <laughs> and, I mean the thing that budget was I know I said it, I know I know I said character was, maximum. I know I said I was going to start positive, but it's kind of hard because the first scene. Was, let me if, let me jump in here to help you because I actually liked the opening. I I I love opening up with the whole like the space cockpit uh mission control to chatter kind of thing happening. It was cool. obviously silly because it was just, you know, these really tiny, really cheap visual effects happening. <laughs> but I, I thought, I, I thought like for, I was like, this is a low budget film. This is forgivable. I'm right off the bat. I'm like, I, I will forgive this. They're well, setting a tone. We don't actually fine. know what the budget is. Well, <laughs> we low. couldn't find it. What, it doesn't matter. What killed me in, in that first scene, because again, you know, uh, I think it opens, you know, on Earth, and you see, you know, the the ship kind of like, uh, go, you know, breaking off from Earth's orbit, and you can kind of see it, uh, you know, heading out towards the stars. But then, like, the ship starts spinning in like the weirdest way possible, and it's just really uncomfortable to watch. And then the thing that killed me was, I think, probably forty-five seconds in the movie. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's going to be a, a 90 day journey. And then it says 90 days later. It's instantaneous. It's like, oh, it's like a minute into the <laughs> A minute into the movie, they've left, you know, Earth's bounds. They've, you know, done a, yeah. <laughs> they've done a space mission to Mars. They're, you know, about to enter Mars's atmosphere, enter Mars's gravity. And, you know, they get shocked into oblivion. Within the first yeah. minute and forty-five seconds, strict three-character maximum. You can't get attached to anybody. I can't think of any specific examples, but the cringiest thing in that opening sequence for me was the science talk. I don't know if anybody caught this, but it was like one of those things. Like, can't think of anything specific, but they were just like, "Oh, the atmosphere is sixty degrees, negative sixty degrees Celsius," and I feel like, "Oh man, I hope you guys packed your long johns." <laughs> no, like. <laughs> It's like science talk interspersed with like that like just shitty no, it was like shitty dad dialogue. Talk. It was shitty science talk. It's like as if like we I were like saying, be here if not I'm for going, my oldest. Uh, we're gonna drink this hydrogen oxygen water today. Like like oh my god, 
it was so stupid because it's like if I were a pilot, I would just be like, well, yeah, it's negative 60 degrees on Mars. We fucking know that. We're astronauts going to Mars. The like, origi- that's the feeling I got from it. The original cut of that, they actually had a guy with a Kenosha accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hope you got your long johns. It's real cold down here. <laughs> yeah, Billy, I packed some curds for you. Well, Ooh. so, I mean, that was the thing. So, it, unfortunately, it kind of set a bad tone right off the bat. I thought the credit sequence was visually really cool it was really interesting kind of that kaleidoscopic you know really cool colors and i mean that that <laughs> i mean that's something the it end credits something. or like the opening how credits. Oh, the opening okay. credits yeah. i mean they going, definitely did that like towards the end of the movie yeah as that well. wasn't cr- like, the credits though that yeah was but just... it was like just five minutes in the middle of a movie it was just <laughs> yeah, kaleidoscopic yeah. effects but the, so. I, I thought that was cool um i get it has I an effect i feel guy, like but, all of those shots that he was trying to emulate something from like an 80s film. 2001. He was trying to be as impactful as 2001. He was trying to be the Stanley Kubrick of Katie Sackhoff movies. It was. I, th- I, I, I promise you that at one point, probably not in post, because in post you realize what you have at that point. But at one point while writing this, he's like, he's like, this is it. This is going to change how this we do sci-fi. Moment. People are going to look at me and they're going to go, this is the new sci-fi director. I know it. And then he got in post and was like, wow, I'm a really, really bad fuck up here. Oh, fuck. I really screwed this one up. I feel like that comes from a really deep place, Ben. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Done it plenty. Done it plenty. So with that, I mean, there's definitely things I want to touch on. But for me, the movie, it, it ebbed and flowed. There were, you know, that beginning scene was, I, I thought, kind of ludicrous. And I couldn't, I understood just from the look of it that they were working with a very narrow budget, but I just couldn't really, I, I just couldn't get on board with that intro. So I actually thought that when we go back to Earth and, you know, Katie Sackhoff's character is, you know, sitting there on like a, some desertous terrain or a beach or whatever, and she's looking at her phone and, you know, you, it starts kind of focusing on some of the human characters for, you know, maybe 10 minutes, um, at least right after that initial opening scene, I was willing to kind of give it a shot. Like, okay, let's see where this goes, you know. I mean, set-wise, it really wasn't the most interesting thing. Um, When they get into, like, the control room and uh, you start the back and forth between the AI, um, Katie Sackhoff's character, and then her sister, I think, Lena. Mac and Lena, yeah. It, I understood kind of where they were going with it, but just thematically, it was so heavy-handed. They were just throwing it at you. They were throwing darts, or you know, throwing pieces of pizza at the wall, and you know, there was really no subtlety there. But I, I, I kind of liked at least early on the relationship between uh, Artie and Katie Sackhoff's Mac, kind of mission control, because it was it was kind of interesting the way they played with. Um, the idea that, you know, no, AIs are bad, they're meant to help us, and no, AIs are the future, they're going to take over, and I thought the way that Artie, at least initially, before, you know, the other switch was flipped, he was um, somewhat of kind of became a sympathetic character, like in the beginning you didn't really want to like him at all, but then for a little stretch in the middle of the movie I found myself going, well, yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're you Let know. Let the robot be human. Yeah. And then 
Never. All sorts of stuff just... And then the movie happened. And then the movie happened. So, I mean, I, there was a, a, a good 10-minute span where I wanted to, like, just let myself go and just say, yeah, I'm going to go along for the ride. And then the movie was its own worst enemy immediately following that, um, which I'm sure we can get into details. But just trying to take it chronologically from the beginning of the movie, it was like, goofy as hell, okay... All right, uh, you know, suspend the disbelief a bit. I'm going to buy it. Okay, you know, kind of heavy-handed sci-fi themes that we're used to. And then it was just kind of off the rails for the remainder. Personally, I think the worst part about it is, like, like I, I forgave a lot of it. I, mean, I was just like, I was like, oh, that's a cool sci-fi movie, whatever. But I found myself about halfway through where I was just like, I'm just bored. Like if I wasn't watching this for to be here today, I would have turned it off. Same. Because it was boring. Like Jesus Christ, I'd rather watch Another Life. I really would because at least Another Life was entertaining. At least it was stupid fun. It was this was just a snooze fest. Don't shake your head. It was fun. Whereas this was just the it's it's probably kind of the worst kind of sci-fi because it's look, I am so smart. Don't you like how smart I am? Now we're gonna we're gonna watch for ninety minutes how fucking smart I am, and you're gonna go, yes, you're so smart. And like Kubrick got away with that shit back then because he was Kubrick, but this dude is a nobody, and he wrote a no he wrote a boring script. There, there were points where they were just throwing in the Turing test, just saying it. And I'm just like, I did. That's, that's a not science, right? test. <laughs> well, I, I... It was funny because I, just a week ago, I watched uh, Ex Machina for the first time. So when oh, he said, that was good. I mean, why are that, we covering that right now? We should, we, we should be, I want to put it on the list, but I just thought it was funny. Every time they said Turing test, it kind of made me cringe a little bit because it's almost to like, uh, Bill's point with the, you know, kind of sci-fi jargon, like, yeah. hey, how about a Turing test? Yeah. Well, they <laughs> had just watched pizza, X. Yeah. It at the <laughs> they had just watched X Machina the week before as well. So. I, was, I was gonna say, you guys throw out all your stuff because I got a whole broad view on this. That's what I want. Well, I like yeah. a big, big chunk to throw on this, but you guys go ahead and dissect it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is it worth that? Do you have like it's actual dissertation. critical analysis? It's of- in there. It's in there. Wow. Well, I'm excited to riff off of this. Positive critical analysis? No, it's just a critic. It's just what okay. it is. You know, it's it not supposed to be positive or negative critical analysis. It's just critical analysis. Well, I'm just like, like when I say positive critical analysis, I mean like, like, are you saying this has something worth watching because it obviously didn't? Uh. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that I hated about this movie. Uh, there were, there, I mean, there were, there were positives that I, I liked. Um, honestly, when they were on Mars, I kind of liked how, like, minimalist it was. They didn't have the biggest budget, and that shows, but yes, it made things a little bit more of a mystery. I, I did like that. I liked the aesthetic. I liked so, keeping it all on mission control and, and just glimpsing Mars here and there, because I don't mind when movies do that, because obviously they're working with a low budget. I don't mind when they do that as long as it's, like, cool. You know, and, and for a while it had me going, but it lost me halfway through. So that was, when I was watching it, there was that part of me that wanted to be mean, but then there was the part of me that was like, no, I, I don't want to be mean. But I literally 
wanted the first thing that I said about this movie to be 2036 is if Moon was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect. It, that's gonna succinct. go. That's gonna be a reverse stinger. That's going at the beginning it's, of the episode. It's very succinct, but I mean, I got the same sort of vibe because it, it's you know that kind of like almost like bottle story type. You know, very minimal human characters. Uh, you know, you have an AI. Um, and a lot of what was done was all practical effects. It was miniatures and, you know, I mean, pretty much, at least to my eye, I know there was some bad CGI going on when they were planet side, but a lot of those, you know, like the space stations and the orbital, you know, uh, platforms and everything, that was, those are all miniatures. That was all models. You can tell they're just, <laughs> he's, <laughs> you can't see that, but I just uh, mimed a miniature flying past the screen. So, like, I can appreciate that aesthetic because when it's done really well, like, Moon was fucking incredible. I was captivated by just the whole art design of that movie and you know, just the aesthetic of it just killed me. And I think it still holds up. And granted, too, I'm sure, you know, Duncan Jones is working with a little bit more budget than um, Haas was working with. But Haas it's Al <laughs> but at <laughs> you've been but, waiting for that for a I've long time. I've been waiting time, for that for like well, like for about like five or ten minutes, yeah. But at the same time, even though we we all I think kind of agree that the movie itself is a little kind of on the boring side or it's long in the tooth, at the same time, I almost feel like I would have preferred a version of this movie without the effects. Give give me a movie that's you know Katie Sackoff acting her ass off in the control room with the AI have a, a stronger performance or at least stronger writing for that AI and kind of build your movie around that relationship. And I think it would have been better because when you get this giant ice cube, you know, spinning around <laughs> and then there's, did it, did it, burrow? Cube, did it burrow yeah. down? I mean, at least 10 times I said during this film, this movie deserves a bigger budget and Christopher Nolan directing it. It doesn't need that big, much bigger of a budget. It really doesn't. But it really doesn't. Need it needed more time <laughs> filming because Katie Sackhoff wasn't giving the performance that she could have been. This yeah, is she's this, a good actress. This is probably and she's a fantastic actress. Honestly, she was the saving grace of this. Katie Sackhoff is a goddess on this podcast. However, I'm going to say this is the weakest she's ever been. And it could probably—it's probably due to the script. It's probably due to the lack of time prep for preparation. Moon was bad. Shot this movie in nine days. Probably, no, literally. Oh yeah, you know for sure. Yeah, I believe it It was nine days. I said seven when I started watching it. I was like, this was shot in seven days. Uh, And and like when you do that, you don't you don't give your performer time to really get into the role. So it's one of those things where like I don't blame her for this being her weakest performance, but it's her weakest performance I've seen. Honestly, she probably didn't really interact with any other actors. Maybe once oh, or I'm twice. Sure. Which one? There were only two other actors, and then the voice actor right, for Artie. D- honestly, I don't think she was actually talking to the voice actor that played Artie that entire. No, time. it was probably Haas just yeah, just shouting from off stage. Yeah. Now the robot's telling you that he's sorry that he's a robot. They're actually just in the guest bedroom of his uh, flat I'm in London. <laughs> There's just so much goofy stuff. I think they were trying to sell you know, some of the emotional beats of it, but, like, it just came off as silly, like, when, you know, Artie boops, uh, what was his name, like, Sterling, or... Uh, yeah, Sterling. <laughs> yeah, when he, like, gives <laughs> him a little boxing. Real hard. <laughs> and, and, like, sudden, and then Katie just, she's like, he's fucking dead. <laughs> like, puts, his puts name is Sterling Brooks. Yeah, yeah puts, puts his... 
puts his like handkerchief or t-shirt or whatever over his face and you can see like the actor like bless him for trying but the guy's just sitting there just <gasps> you can see him the whole time that's why i thought he just got knocked out because you can see yeah. him breathing clearly like it was a hard enough hit no it was a little it was a boop yeah you know what we didn't see was Artie just beating on him just do, 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 until he's just dead well then the other thing that kind of made me chuckle too was uh just with the the sheer amount of conviction and like uh the the bre- the like sheer brevity that the apocalypse kind of takes on once it occurs that it's the apocalypse like it literally was like oh Thanks for, you know, plugging me back in or thanks for, you know, plugging my Ethernet cable in. Yeah. Now right. I've you helped now me make up my mind. I'm glad we've come here. <laughs> Someone tell me what the fuck happened. Did she 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 unplugged and plugged it back in and <laughs> yeah. he became a murder machine? Is that literally what happened? Launched all the nukes. <laughs> all the nukes. After watching the movie think about it for a few minutes, I think the entire movie was just a simulation. The entire time, she has already been dead. Humanity's already been dead. They 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 left the little so simulations still need to play by the rules. So once again, are you making rules of simulation? No, it needs to be played by the rules of physics. So once again, why this isn't the Matrix? A simulation needs to play by the fi- rules of physics. So once again. What happened? Like, how did the, that, how did her unplugging it and plugging it back in? I'm asking, like, legitimately, does anyone have any insight? I don't She know unplugged it and plugged it back in, right? It wasn't into a different slot or anything, right? It would, I think it was just unplugged and she just booped the little thing back into... No, she pulled it out. Oh, did she? And oh, then, that, that thing. Oh, the, the core. The, no, the, I know what you're talking about. That she about. crawled down into. Because that's what Sterling yeah, Brooks yeah, she, did. Yeah. He so fucked with her, there, his head there. There was some space dust in the cartridge. Uh, right. Yeah, they had the NES that shit. Yeah. I'd have to... So, I, if I have to assume, I'd guess that unplugging and plugging back in, that the reboot allowed him to access everything that he his, wasn't allowed yes, to access. It reset his uh, arcane... His arcane alien knowledge. It restarted his arcane powers. Yes, it did. <laughs> he is actually an artificial intelligence from hell. That's oh. a different thing. We're gonna get into that <laughs> even when that show comes out. Well, that that was just great though, because literally, and I don't know if maybe I just it lost my attention for you know two minutes. I'd say two minutes. I wasn't actually maybe looking at the screen. I, you know, was checking my phone or something like that or whatever, uh, feeding the fish. And then <laughs> literally I look and it's okay. So Katie Sackoff unplugged him, plugged him back in, is kind of finally opening up to the idea that, hey, maybe there's something to this. We have to protect the alien technology because the drone, you know, the militaristic kind of corporations that are running. The, the earth at that time which i think is a very but the, the time span was also interesting because that's like 16 years from now or yeah, 17 right, yeah. years from now it would have been 20 that. years orbital, from when it was made yeah, orbital platforms and everything else defense presents the cube <laughs> listen he can only think so far into the future <laughs> but that's the thing so it's kind of funny like uh in in one breath you know we're averting this alien war you know we don't want to we, we got to stop the drone from firing on the alien cube because the cube's gonna spin so fast it's just gonna destroy us but in the same breath <laughs> you, can't even, the, you can't even finish 
this in the, same, I can't. in the same breath though, literally 30 seconds after Katie and Art already, you know, avert catastrophe, he's launching the nukes he <laughs> right his back at Earth he's like, and he's destroys like, the Earth. And he's that like, was, thanks, bitch. That was, it's going out on now. my terms, bitch. That was one great visual effect because not only did he destroy the Earth, if you looked at the actual effect that they created of the Earth, like post nuclear annihilation, it was nuclear fire. It was literally yeah. like lava. Yeah, like, it was cool. The Earth was decimated, like nothing survived. And, by the way, those effects were really weird. Sometimes it didn't even look like lava going across. Yeah, the, I don't know. No, it, it did. It wasn't supposed to be lava. It was nuclear fire. The atmosphere was burning. Okay, there, that that's, that's what we, you were saying. Um, also, the phone calls to China talking to uh, John. John. Yeah. John. Honestly, I, I don't even think uh, those phone just calls would serve the story in any sort of way. It was to show like China a... was in chaos? There was a, it was to show that China existed. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated the reminder. It's 2036. It Listen, they want the anymore. movie to do somewhat well internationally. China's <laughs> the leading corporation China's the in charge to go of everything. After, so you had to uh, add something. McDonald's presents China. I get it. No, 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 no. China presents McDonald's. Ooh. That's the future. So... One last thing, and because I, I know Bill has this ultimate like omnibus Don't theory hype it up. Don't hype it up, or else it's gonna, just gonna be stupid. But so one thing it actually did remind me of, and it was a, another piece of media that I thought was really good. Uh, damn it, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to ruin it for you guys. <laughs> so maybe I should hold it. But all I'll say is the way just that this movie is. I'm curious. So now. it's a, a game called Soma. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm familiar yeah, yeah, yeah. with Soma. Okay. I haven't played it though, so don't say too much. Okay, so it's a science fiction game, obviously, by um, uh, same of Amnesia. Did, yeah, right? Amnesia yeah. Dark Descent. And long story short, kind of where this film arrives, it, it arrives a similar place that that game does. But I think that that game does it in a way that is much more. It, it's much more. Not up its own ass. Yeah, not up its own ass, but also kind of reverent of some, maybe some of the philosophical questions that ultimately the end of this movie I think is trying to ask but can't really do so competently. Turing so test. it's been it's been done. It's a different game. It's been done in different media much better, and that's why I just feel like the, the themes that this film was trying to bring across. It's definitely worthy of exploration, but it just did it in such a muddled way. It was just completely disconnected. I feel like there's a 45-minute supercut in this movie that exists without John, without Sterling, without like any of the other stuff, and it's just like it could. You could be... do it. You could easily just cut this movie to just have everything in the control room. Mm -hmm. be, I think it might might be better. It would probably be uh, a lot better. It should it's be funny. a Twilight Zone episode. It's funny you bring up video games because I I was thinking like. Shortly when I got bored and started thinking about other things that were entertaining, um, I was starting to think about how this would have been, I think, better as a narrative video game, like an eight-hour narrative Steam game, just like, you know, you're, you play as Katie Sackhoff, and you do all the things she's got to do to kind of control this rover from your control room, and it's all set in this control room. I thought that I I was like wow that would have been just a much better medium to kind of explore this idea you would have had more time you would have been able to, to get to know the character a little more I think it would have functioned a lot better as that and I've never said that about a movie I've never been like this would be a better as a video game like that's ridiculous but it is true 
even then I give this like a two hour RPG maker game. <laughs> that somebody like made for a game jam over the weekend. I, I, just, I just remembered one scene that I hated, and that was when the battery was running out. That she she drives to the to the other rover, rover five or whatever. It was. Whatever. And her battery is at like twenty two percent, and she just like moves the arm a few times to grab this battery, and also it's like we're at two percent. And that last two percent, she drops it, picks it back up. Rubs her brow, the sweat away, and gets it in there. Which like, is funny because it could have all been it could have all been fixed by making it a reasonable amount, like of of battery life left. Oh, well, yeah, yeah and it was just, just silly. silly. Oh, you've got you know like talk about some manufactured stakes. Oh, you you only have two percent left, yeah, and she's it's like, like oh. I'm trying to claw game this damn battery. It reminds me of Austin this nuclear Powers battery. Ring. The steamrollers coming his way. Fucking a million years to stop it. Well, let me ask you guys this, because this one kind of went over my head a little bit, and I I, I kind of grappled with the movie for the remainder of last night and all today, because I watched it last night. And I guess what I don't understand fully, so they, they sent the original mission. That was the first four minutes of the movie. Yeah. They redacted all the footage from that mission because the alien cube had something to do with that yes. ship getting brought down. Yes. But then, so they know it's there, but no one is phased by it in the slightest when they find it again? Well, there's only three people left on the planet. I'm sorry, four. I forgot about uh, John. <clears throat> That's why what? no one's phased about it. Oh. oh. Because four people know about it, or three people my, know about it, one person doesn't. Okay. okay, here's my gathering of what was going on, and I'm, I could be wrong. But it was sounded to me like this corporation knew it was there, but didn't want anyone to know about it. Because this was what potentially, so the corporation theorized, was what caused the AI already to be born. This machine is kind of the the corporation found it. They knew about it. Then Artie was born, and they're like, "Oh, this is connected in some way. We don't want people to know." And so they kept it hush hush. Why they kept it hush hush from Artie, I'm not entirely sure, because it seems like he's kind of the first person you want to tell. But, or at least have remember that and just be like, don't tell anyone that's in order. And he's like, okay, I'm a robot, so that's fine. I think he wrote a script and nobody proofread it. Oh, it was based, I don't think he wrote it. It was based on a short story that he him. wrote. But I don't, did he write the script too? Probably. He did it all. He wrote the story, but uh, Gary Hall wrote the script. Well, Gary, way to let the side down. Way to go, Gary. Uh, Bill, yes. you may start your run. Oh, okay. So the more you guys are talking about this, the more stupid I feel. So, um... So don't, they, make, don't make this movie sound smart. Oh, it's not. I know it's not. See, okay, so let me start this off. Let me preface with, yes, it's a bad movie. Yes, it's not great sci-fi, and the philosophy is kind of... It's like you take the science that they just slapped onto things, and then also take the philosophy that they just slapped onto things... And then they took a script and slapped it on the movie, and there you go. Um, so it's a whole bunch of spaghetti. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so the whole thing is a simulation. I think that's 
I think that's fair to say. I think this is Mac version 502. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, So they've gone through all of these simulations uh, to find, to simulate a human being, basically, as human as they can be, because the original Mac decided that that was what was going to happen. Don't know why Artie exactly wanted that. I don't understand the motivation for that. I don't know why like a godlike creature that's sending human beings into a different solar system somewhere and then with different sentient beings. I don't get that, but okay, that that's the kind of mystery at the end. Um but it's like we said, like this should have been like this should have stayed a short story. This should have been like an episode of Black Mirror or something like that, you know? It should have been that. It shouldn't have been a full length movie. Um so the entire time they're referencing things like Turing test and, uh, and, you know, making jokes about serving the robots and stuff like that. So those are just like little, little hints. So this is all a test. The whole thing was just a test. This might not be what originally happened, but this is how we get to a simulated human being that we can send to this planet somewhere. And, uh, and so there's the ideas of, artificial intelligence becoming human-like and then also the idea of a disembodied human as well it's kind of a weird idea it's the ship of theseus is the idea so the ship of theseus is that if you take a boat and you repair the boat over the next 20 years and every single piece has been replaced is it the same boat do, do you consider well, if you gather up all the pieces of the former boat well no yeah it's the second half of the ship right exactly but yeah exactly so so it's like is it the same boat if it fulfills the same function and plays the same role um so that's a question that they were asking but all of it's half-baked it's like we were saying all of it's half-baked it's like they took a whole bunch of cool ideas and he like stayed up until 3 a.m one night drinking coffee and then wrote a script and was like oh this is awesome this is gonna be the new 2001 a space odyssey this is gonna be awesome and then he made a movie. <laughs> and and then, like you said, in post, he fucked it up as well. So, um, yeah, I'd say that the entire thing made me think about... I feel like every sci-fi that involves an artificial intelligence makes me think, what does it mean to be human? Why are we here? That sort of thing. And why is it that human nature is necessarily negative? Why is human nature... Why are humans self-destructive in a way? Um, And why would it be the solution to simulate one human and send them to a planet? I don't don't know. I just don't understand what he was trying to say there. Well, not only that, but his solution to the human being self-destruction was to destroy all humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> solving our own manufactured well, that, that part dilemma. I understood entirely because, because out of everything in the movie, the one thing I was like on board with was when Artie was like, peace out, bitches. You all suck. Because I think that's the inevitable conclusion yeah, but, of our race. But there was no build up to that. No, no, that's, that's fine. Went from that's, that's I agree. I agree. But Miller, Miller was confused that the solution to humans killing each other was to kill them all. Just oh, I'm outright. not confused about that. It's just that that's the solution. Yeah, the but solution. He, but he to, just is the one that decided that you know that's what needs to happen. I'm glad he it's, did. It's always robots that just decide, <laughs> just, like, let's get rid of everybody. Well, I my... think they should have spent more episodes building up to why she wanted to destroy King's Landing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, that ending scene where 
you know, she steps out of the cube and then it's like, oh, are we on Mars? Where are we at? And then, you know, she's in this kind of like code almost. And it's like, whoa, yes, uh, strap in because we're going for this, you know, (laughs) intergalactic ride. It was interesting to me because it it almost (laughs) the vibe I got and and just roll with me here. It was almost kind of like a Willy Wonka type thing. Like it was the simulation. It was already saying like you are the best of humanity you are the simulation that you know you've you made you you made the correct choices where everyone else failed and that's why now you are going to be a representative of your species because you you know you showed me or you proved to me that um you your your kind isn't completely set for you know self-destruction but it just didn't really make sense i mean that was the thing i think that was part of what that whole like arc in space was trying to set up but it just didn't it didn't get there it it, it wasn't earned by the also, time it came around it wasn't also the conclusion is logically flawed if humans are a constant circle of self-destruction and he saves one good human whose goal is to continue the human race through a i assume a cyber organic situation eventually they'll come back to that like humans will still come back like like katie sackhoff can like get all these kids she can have all these little cyborgs and she can be like okay this is how to be a good human and they'll all be like great we know how to be good humans and then they'll go and get their kids and they'll be like okay this is how to be a good human and then that's when things start getting lost in translation and eventually they'd be back to the same part where they're killing each other for shit and and, and, and it doesn't matter. Humans are parasites and deserve to die. Ah. There we go. There's our conclusion. <laughs> Humans are parasites. My point, my point is, for such an awesome, smart AI, he doesn't see, see the obvious answer that even we as humans see, which there is no helping us. And I think that's that. I think that was the thing that made me laugh the most. Is he's just like, he's like, okay, you're a good human. We're gonna take you on a ride, and it's like. No, <laughs> well, it's also it's also like the life form that, you know, was invading Earth, basically, was a uh, a nanotech, mm-hmm. you know, organism that self-assembled. And so Artie was the alien invader. Yeah, basically. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out maybe the aliens were irrational in a way. Maybe. I don't know. But they were obviously super advanced with their teleportation and everything but so, didn't have any sort of but plan didn't have any sort of plan <laughs> they just they came in and winged it they were just like ah shit well i'm just glad that no one ever thought to get you know that close to the thing with a magnet because that just could have you know spelled doom i think they they shot the orbital uh, orbital magnet missile or whatever, and then that's what set it off. Which that was a bit of a leap too. I don't it's like, understand. Oh shit! Science is repeatable. That they factored and in. And if you can repeat it, it, then it's good science. So we're gonna shoot the orbital. <laughs> at least they factored in that Earth's atmosphere is more dense. And yes. so that it had to be like closer or something. The second time around, I was like, "Way to put that one in there." I'm glad you thought about that. <laughs> Out of everything else, the thing I under—I don't understand. I think uh, Haas is it Haas? Yeah. I don't think he understands how magnets work. <laughs> I have just the song <laughs> for him. I'm pretty sure it's How do they work? Okay, gang. So before we go into good sci-fi, bad sci- sci-fi, I just want to point out the fact that. 
that intro when the ship does the the funny spins on Mars, uh, they were speaking in faster than light communication. Hyperlight communication. Hyperlight communication with mission control, but hyperlight communication wasn't invented yet. It was a few years later. You're reading the errors off the IMDb (laughs) page, aren't you? No, I'm actually not. It's off Wikipedia. Anyway. Well, I read that (laughs) same thing off of uh, Uh, All right, gang. Um, The score on the table, we're going to start with uh, Benjamin Young. Okay. Good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. Bad sci-fi. If you're looking to scratch that Katie Sackhoff itch, I can't recommend more to just watch. If you're looking to sack off... (laughs) This no, ain't it. fuck you. No, you don't talk about her like that. All right, I got a little hostile. Uh, <laughs> Weird vibe in here, guys. Weird vibe. You know. Um, bad sci-fi. Watch Another Life instead. It's more fun. Or just watch Battlestar Galactica. Just watch Longmire. I mean, if you want something new, yeah, Longmire, yeah, watch is actually Longmire. Actually, it's not sci-fi. Sci-Fi. and has nothing to do with sci-fi. I will sci-fi. fully endorse watch Longmire. It's yeah, Longmire's a big. You can never uh, have too much Blue Diamond films. Just throw yourself in there. Uh. All right, thank you, Ben. Bad sci-fi. Jason. I mean, it was it was bad sci-fi that is aspiring to be good sci-fi. I think it thought it was good sci-fi, and it thought that it was doing a service to, you know, the, those true sci-fi fans that really want that, you know, big, heady kind of think piece. And truth be told, although we kind of, you know, just spent 45 minutes kind of lambasting it and joking about it, there actually are, and I mean, they're out there. I'll say at least the ones I read, it's single digits, but they are out there. Some very positive takes on the movie. Um, and some of the things were things that we touched on and kind of dismissed. Some things, you know, we didn't even get to. But ultimately, I think it, it was well-intentioned. I think it wanted to be good sci-fi, but ultimately regardless of what you're aiming for if you just you can't stick the landing and you can't put it together those themes aren't going to resonate you're, you're it's it's not going to be you know the sum is not going to be greater than its parts and in this case it definitely was not uh, i will agree that it it is bad sci-fi i do see what you're saying that it wants to be better but does doesn't everything want to be better there are things out there that don't want to be better. Well, think of just, I mean, look at a lot of the low-budget sci-fi, though. That's that, To me, I feel like it can be done. It can be done, and Absolutely. it has been done. Has been done. Moon, um, to an extent, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I appreciated what it did. Uh, Monsters, um, I think of a couple others. The Europa Report, I thought, was kind of a stab at like what this was, and it was a better movie than this was. Um kind of that low budget thing but it can be done but you have to have a strong focus and i think really know what you're trying to say and then if the effects budget isn't there it isn't there but if you have a good story and you have a good cast and you have that conviction to really sell it i think you can get there all right uh bill um i'd i'd say that i'd say it was a super boring movie that was trying to be so much more than it actually was I'd say, in all fairness, the ideas were kind of cool. But I'd say it was okay to bad sci-fi. Like, I don't know. I'd say if I had to really choose, it would be bad sci-fi. I just felt like it should have been a more... If you were to refine it more, edit it better, 
I believe that you could get a decent 30 minute episode out of it. It's not worthy of 90 minutes. It really isn't. All right. Thank you. I'll take the dubious honor of going last. Uh, I'd say my chief problem with this, and it's kind of something I've been thinking about um, since I ended uh, the movie about two hours ago, um, is that this movie's way too high concept for its own good. It's it it's everybody's sort of come to the conclusion it's trying to be a lot that it isn't, and that it's there's just too it's too much. They're trying to tell this story that's ultra scientific. And at the same time, emotional and philosophic, trying to get down to what does it mean to be a human? You know, should humans exist? Are robots what comes next? And uh, this this isn't these aren't my words, but there's um, uh, sort of an analysis about Ray Bradbury, who's probably the best at exploring these insanely high concept stories and packaging them in such a relatable and human and understandable way. Um, these, these emotional, but yet scientific stories. There's a, there's, there's um, a favorite of mine uh, called there will come soft rains where this computer AI house is still taking care of itself after the uh, after a, uh, the oh, fallout yeah. of a nuclear war, I've read that. yeah, yeah I read it's that. good. Yeah, it's a really good story, um, and just a, it's still. It, I mean, the house is half exploded, and there's you know uh, acid rain coming in, and it's this computer AI is still trying to take care of this house, but it's you can there's a there's a palpable emotion to the entire story that this just never could even begin to touch because it doesn't know what it's doing. It doesn't know how to do that. Yep. So that's my, that's my chief problem. So, you know, it, it could have been good sci-fi, you know, they, there are stories that are good sci-fi that explore similar concepts, but they didn't, uh, they didn't do it. Sorry, Sackhoff. Well, that's not her fault. But no, 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 it, it just her. sucks to be attached to a, a movie like this. Nah, she got her. Didn't. Um, Where's my paycheck, Colin? <laughs> it's in the mail. I swear. Uh, this is also a note. I haven't gotten paid since we started, so none of us have. So we wanted to talk. This is for exposure, which is why we need to be sponsored by Audible. So Audible, come on and sponsor us, so we can tell everyone where to read. So we can tell everyone where to read their Ray Bradbury books because I know the perfect spot, but I can't say it on this podcast until you hand us a check. I can tell you who is not going to sponsor us, though. Origin Unknown Productions. Has Raph's gonna tell us to fuck right off? Wait, 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 wait. That was really the production company, right? Yep. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Look it up. I wish. I hope they didn't invest too much. Do we as a sci-fi podcast even want to be sponsored by them? I don't think they want to be sponsored by them. If it pays. I was gonna say, if it pays, I'll be sponsored by fucking Monsanto. I heard those guys got deep pockets. Oh, yeah. Monsanto. If what they're looking, putting in yeah. your food isn't sci-fi. So no, actually, the production companies were Parkgate Entertainment and Headgear Films. Oh. Well, watch the opening credits again. I, I, I think that was the title, Jason. No. <laughs> no I, I, I really vaguely, when yeah. he said it, I yeah. remember we'll, seeing we'll, it. We'll put an addendum in here yeah, to we'll confirm. Miller? Yeah, uh, Miller. Right, no, well, no. no.
do that. <laughs> there you have it, folks. That was uh, 2036 Origin Unknown. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, just Don't. save yourself the trouble. Just watch something else. <laughs> watch Ex Machina. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, or Longmire. Or Annihilation. Uh, director's better, acting's better. Just go watch that one. Uh, did you say Longmire? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're here next week. We're going to be the Longmire podcast. Uh, I don't know what we're doing next time around, but we will figure that out, Ben. I'm going to do Ex Machina. Okay. Uh, Ex Machina. Right. I feel like that would be a great follow-up to this. We'll do yeah, I, I need to watch something Let's good. Let's watch something good. You'll, yeah. you'll like Ex Machina. Have you watched it yet? I'll rewatch watch No, I've never seen it. I own it, but I've never seen it. Did you hear what said? We should do one on The Matrix. We Yeah, we missed the uh, 20-year anniversary. We it's, just... it's, it's the whole year, technically, but... Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. We'll we'll come at you with a, an episode on something. Are we just get a fanboy about it though? I, Matrix okay, okay, is so a lot gonna, worth discussion. We're gonna cover the we're gonna cover the first Matrix. We're not gonna cover two or three. Good, good. Um, and then I mean, if it turns into us just fanboying about the Matrix, I'm not a hundred percent. We're not gonna that. make the decision here. No, we'll uh, let Figure you know in a post credit. But for sure, me. who are X these Wachowskis? Who are they really? But for sure, Ex Machina and X. Uh, okay. Okay, well, that uh, sounds like it. It's a good movie. So. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. It's a sci-fi podcast. Only like 30% of sci-fi is actually good. The rest is this.